You know, in this thing called faith, we're in the teaching series called Momentum Moving Forward with Faith. And uh, I tell you, the more, the more I open the word, the more I'm learning. And, uh, and there's really all kinds of, of things that you could say. This always happens. I'm not going to let it happen this time. I'm going to have self-control, but it always happens. I start out to do a two, uh, like a three, four, five-week series, maybe seven. In fact, this one was started out to being three weeks. You guys remember that? And I said, no, it looks like we're going to go more like six. Okay, I could easily go 12 to 20. And you guys are like, you've done it before. I'm going to have self-control, and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to teach this week, and then possibly, I'm not even promising that I'm going to teach next week on this. I may, because I have some other things I want to do too. But at the most, this week and next week. Now, the cool thing is that if we did do next week, it would be seven weeks, which would feel like completion. Okay? <laughs> it would feel like that we went there, we got there. Is that cool? So, um, you know, when it comes to faith, um, there's so many things to say. There's so many routes, so many. It's almost like, a, um, you know, when, when Jesus said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And he goes into this big uh, dialogue about that. Um, if you know anything about a mustard seed, you know a mustard seeds are very small. But when they take off, do they control the universe? <laughs> you know, they just take off and they can cover a house. And in fact, very quickly. And uh, they actually can become some of the strongest um, plants or trees or bushes or whatever they are. Very, very, very strong. But they can just branch out and shoot out. And this subject of faith is kind of like that. Maybe that's why he used that expression. But I thought, okay, if I could, if I could be like Jesus which is a very good aspiration, you know. And you guys remember when the guy came to him and it was, he was asking, asking him, um, Lord, what is the greatest commandment? You guys remember that, that conversation? And Jesus actually said, well, what do you think it is? What do you say it is? And uh, the guy said, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And the guy actually responded that way. And Jesus said, man, that, you're right on. That is, and he goes on to say some other things. But it was neat that he asked him, well, what do you think? How would you narrow it all down? And this was obviously someone that was an expert in the law. So the guy that knew the word really narrowed down all the law and the prophets down to two things. Love God and love others. And Jesus said, you're right. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two things like pegs. Melissa and I always use that description of they're like pegs on the wall. When you come in, you hang your coat on it, right? All the law and the prophets can hang on two things. Love God, love others. And I was like, Lord, if I could hang faith for the sake of not going 20 weeks in this series. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but not really. If I could hang faith on two things, what would it be? And I felt like the Lord said, my provision and my protection. My provision and my protection. And oddly enough, the, the area of Scripture that he led me to, to that um, is in 2 Kings 6. And, um, and this was a few weeks ago that, um, actually it was the first week that I was going to teach was, was going to be this, but not on those two things to hang on. But something about this story, and this is this, uh, one of the stories of Elisha's amazing works. He did some great things. If you read the, the chapters before and certainly while he was with Elijah, Elisha did some pretty amazing things. But the last two things, these here, um, really not the last two things, but these two things in verse, uh, chapter 6 really stood out to me. 
Okay, and so I want to look at them and show you what I mean by provision and protection. Provide and protect. You ready? So I'm just going to read through it, and uh, we'll see how we go. And I've I've even been torn with which version, the NAS, which is what I normally study out of, or the, the NLT, because they're both really good. I'll just run out of NLT. Is that okay? If I get stumped up, though, I'm used to it more than the other one. But is that okay? If I get stumped up, don't worry about it. One day, by the way, whenever I put Emma Kate to sleep at night, she's like, story? Like she always wants to hear a story. And we have this thing called the Tony and Blackie story. We do. Blackie was my dog growing up. And so I'd always tell her about Tony and Blackie adventures. And that actually started with my sons. Okay. And so since Aiden was, could hear, which is from the beginning, I would tell, (laughs) thank goodness, I would tell Tony and Blackie stories. Okay. And so um, they just knew they would come and they were just, whatever. Anyway, Emma Kate, she lays down and before I even get her all situated, she's like, story? And the way she does a story, anyway. And I always started it like this. One day. So anyway. (laughs) I had nothing to do with anything. Anyway, uh, one day. The group of prophets came to Elisha and told them, as you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let Let me give you a little bit of a background on this. Elijah had been training um, prophets. Elisha, I'm sorry, Elisha had been training prophets and uh, teaching them how to hear God's voice, how to proclaim boldly the things of God. Um, and so they were gathering, and so many people were wanting to be a part of this that this establishment, if you will, um, was growing. And this guy came to him one day and said, or actually the group came to him and said, um, As you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. And the idea was to go down there where there's all those trees and to fell those, to to cut those down and to build a new facility. Elisha said, all right, go ahead. I'm going to have to read out of this one. Is that okay? There's words missing. Doggone it. Where am I at? Okay. So Elisha said, go. Then one said, please be willing to go with your servants. And he answered, I shall go. (laughs) Man, a few words. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a beam. Now, I want to make a real quick point here. Um, in, when you look at the word one right there, describing this person, it's at, it, it says instead of um, one, it actually means the one. In other words, this is the, this is the guy in the story. Okay? There's Elisha and the guy, this guy in the story. Okay? The reason I bring that up is because this really is this interaction. These this two stories are the interaction between one mighty man of faith And one that needs a little work in the area of faith. But it's also a type. Remember we've been talking a lot about types and shadows. We always talk about that. Things in the Old Testament that look a lot like what happened in the New Testament. Types or shadows or prophetic pointings to what was to come. This is actually a type of our relationship, our interaction with Christ as it relates to faith. Okay? So when it says one of them came and said, um, Will you go with us? And he said, yes. And then that same one was felling a beam. He was cutting a tree down. Same guy. And all of a sudden, the axe head. Oh, by the way, all of a sudden. 
That's part of the story too. There's always got to be this tension point. And if I don't say all of a sudden, she'll let me know if I try to cut the story off too quick. She's like, you've got to say all of a sudden. I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm too tired for tension. Anyway, all of a sudden, the axe head fell into the water and he cried out and said, alas, the one cried out and said, master, it was borrowed. In other words, look what happened. My axe is in the water. No, he probably didn't whine. But he's like, oh, no, my axe is in the water. And he probably said some choice words. I don't know. He was not as much faith as Elijah. You know, and so he's like, oh, it was borrowed. In other words, this axe that he had been cutting down trees with was a borrowed axe. Now think about why he would be so upset. For a big piece of metal that was probably taking a lot of time to turn into an axe head or whatever, and the whole thing, it was probably a very expensive uh, loan, right? So for him, he's thinking, I just lost this. I just lost this. I'm going to have to pay this thing back. He's like, oh, it was borrowed. You guys with me? You, you tracking on that? Then the man of God said, talking about Elisha, said, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, when the man pointed right there, it fell in the water right there. See right there. Actually, no, I can't see because it's down in the water. Elisha cut off a stick from a tree and threw it in right there. In other words, right where the man pointed. Elisha's like, okay. He tossed the stick in the water. Anybody ever read this story? It's a good story. All of a sudden, I'm guessing this, this axe head probably weighed at least seven pounds. You know what I mean? Think about it like a shot put. Seven, nine pounds. Shot put ain't rising to the top. But this axe head, all of a sudden, I'll just read it. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. And when he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. In other words, that piece of iron, imagine the axe head, all of a sudden was like, bloop, 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 bloop. isn't that cool? I mean, how many of you would like to see that? I would. And he said, Elisha said, take it up for yourself. In other words, I want you to go out and get it. So he put out his hand and he took it. Now, I want I wanted to share this part of the story. Uh, I think the way this relates to is the area of provision. And really, in two different ways. In that Elisha, who is a type of Christ in this picture, was concerned enough for this man that he went out of his way and performed a miracle, really, right there for this man. And why would he do that? I think it was because of the cry that this man had. Oh, no, master. Isn't it interesting that he called him master? Master. It was borrowed. Immediately, he knew what that meant. Elisha knew what that meant. He's like, well, where did it fall? In other words, I'm not freaking out like you're freaking out, but where did it fall? And in that moment, provided, it's not even that he provided that man with something. I think sometimes we, we think that faith is supposed to produce something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to pray for a Maserati. <laughs> you know, I'm going to pray for that. Or, it's like God, he didn't give him anything. You hear what I'm saying? Other than he kept him from having to pay that debt or whatever. In other words, he provided for him in a very interesting way, but it was provision. It may not have been money in his pocket. Let me say this again. It may not have been money in his pocket, but he was provided for. Do you guys see that? But isn't it true that he also provided for the whole congregation of prophets? Not just the one who met, uh, left his, uh, or 
What am I trying to say? The one that lost his axe head, but also for the whole congregation of prophets. Now, not that this one guy was cutting down all the trees, but he was a part of the group. And if he hadn't have returned that axe head, it would have, the whole thing would have moved slower. You don't think that Christ would have been concerned about his church? He provides for the individual. He provides for the corporate. Amen? He's concerned. He's concerned about you. Every need that you have, he is concerned about. You don't even have to worry where you can't see where is it. It's borrowed. Oh, no, I am about to be in deep trouble. How many times in the way of provision have you felt like, oh, I'm about to be in deep trouble? Come on. This is church. We're friends. You know? I'll I'll be honest with you. There's a story that happened yesterday. Was it yesterday? With the... So you guys remember that Melissa last year had a surgery on her neck. You guys remember that? That was a $50,000 surgery. Okay, now our deductible is obviously not $50,000, so we were only allowed for a portion of it, to pay for a portion of it, which is awesome. And you guys graciously took up an offering that I think did the majority of that, which is so cool. Anyway, well, a couple weeks later, remember I was helping Mark Moraz and Dusty's here. He was my partner. Raise your hand, brother. He's like, I remember. Almost passed out. Anyway, I'm pushing boards through a table saw, and uh, my pinky got caught on the saw. And uh, immediately it was like, it was borrowed. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Because the first thing I thought, what was the first thing I said, Dusty? I play guitar. I mean, I no sooner like, oh, I play guitar. It wasn't, oh, my hand modeling career is over. (laughs) You know, it wasn't anything like that. Uh, You know? And uh, I'm really proud of myself. He can attest for this. I didn't say one cuss word, you know. It could have been because my son was there. Anyway, so yesterday I get a call from a debt collector. It was the first time this ever happened in my life, surprisingly. But I get a call, and he said, um, sir, you are responsible for $3,000 of, of this medical bill. And I was not even thinking about my, my pinky. I was thinking about her bill because we've been trying to square away the final, you know, um, you know how bills just keep coming in? Well, we're not going to pay that until we know the last bill's in. You know what I'm talking about? So anyway, so we've been waiting. And, and also our insurance company has been having, imagine this, but our insurance company's kind of throwing a fit about paying for some of her surgery. So there's this lawyer junk going on with the hospital. Anyway, so that bill has not been paid. And I thought this was what this was about. I was like, oh, well, how much do we owe? We've been wondering. And uh, he said, $3,000. I was like, I thought this was awesome because our deductible was seven. You know, I was like, really? God provided. You know, I'm like, yes. And so, um, but anyway, he was saying, but no, but you, you owe this. And I'm like, oh man, well, that's fine. I got this. And then, um, anyway, long story short, I called the hospital just to make sure that this was right. Because you know how people can call you and say, you owe us money, give us money. I'm like, would you mind if I call the hospital to make sure you're not a liar? He's like, no, that's fine. <laughs> so I called the hospital to make sure this guy wasn't a liar. And he wasn't a liar. And he said, yes, sir, you owe $3,000 um, for your emergency room visit. And I was like, my emergency room visit? Short of the long, they forgot to get any information. They forgot to see if my um, address was updated, which you guys know that we moved. 
And so they kept sending these bills for this to my old address, which isn't a big deal, except that I shouldn't be getting any bills. Why? Because I have insurance. And my deductible had already been met. Does that make sense? So whatever happened to this pinky was like water under the bridge. It should never worried. Because why? Because I've already paid my deductible, right? Well, the hospital forgot to claim it on insurance. And I didn't know that. They never even asked me for my card, but I had it in my pocket. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, gosh. It was borrowed. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I've got to, I've got to pay for this $3,000 bill, you know. And we still got to pay for this thing, too, at some point, which will, you know, be a lot. So I'm literally kind of wigging out, you know. I'm like, oh, no, it's borrowed. My axe head is in the water, people. And so I make a couple of calls, and I was very nice. I'm telling you, this time I didn't cuss either. It's like I didn't cuss anybody, the hospital, but I just said, you know, this, that, the other. And short of the long, God was concerned, and the hospital filed it. The insurance said, yes, we will go ahead and file it, even though it was five months ago. You guys know what I'm talking about? And it was taken care of. Isn't that good? But it's the same situation. The Lord cares. But for me, I couldn't see. What, what, what is this? What is this? The Lord cares for our needs, and he cares for the needs of the congregation. He provides. And listen, you guys know, what is it, Philippians 4, what, 19? And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. In other words, there's really no need that we have that he can't provide for. Now, you have to distinguish between need and want. When it comes to faith, you have to distinguish between need and want. You have to distinguish between his will and your will. Well, I am very willing that I get that new whatever. So I'm praying in faith for that. It's like, dude, I don't think that's the way that works. Right? What is it? The Lord is my shepherd. Somebody quote the rest of that. I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. Yeah, I shall not be in want. You know, the most accurate translation really is, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. It's not as much about want as it is needs. He knows, scripture says that he knows our need before we even ask. That's how faith works. Faith is like, oh, my axe head is in the water. It's all good. God knows that. Right? And I will say this, the, the fact that Elisha, who can obviously do some pretty cool stuff, the fact that he threw the stick in there, is a big deal. Right? It reminds me of, of when God asked Moses, hey, I want you to go and set my people free. What? I can't do that. It was borrowed. <laughs> you know. He said, what's that in your hand? What was it? Staff. He said, I will let you use that to show my wonders. And there's this neat partnership and right there is a picture of that partnership. Elisha tosses that stick in there. And right where it was is where that axe head floated up. But the real partnership is the fact that Elisha didn't get out there and get it himself. He said, I want you to go out there and get it. There are times that we have to step out in faith to understand and see that God is going to do something. But you've got to do something too. And I can go off on that all day long. But it, faith really is a partnership. Even though the faith belongs to him, it was a free gift of God, you believe there, it, it's a partnership. Okay, I don't want to get stuck on that too long. Are you guys with me? God will always be faithful. We can count on God being faithful. In fact, you can write this down if you're writing things down. Um, you can write that about provision, but this kind of, I should have said this first probably. 
But faith really is trusting in God's faithfulness. Faith is trusting in God's faithfulness. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Well, how do you do that unless you have this massive confidence that God can supply all your needs according to his riches and mercy? Amen? Isn't that good? Some of you are going through some of the most financial, tumultuous financial times that you've ever been through. And I want to encourage you. Here's, here's what I want to encourage you. Not that everything is going to be look, look exactly the way that you want it, but it will look the way that he wants it according to, he, according to his knowledge of what you need. And if he needs you to uh, feel the heat of that a little longer, he'll let you feel it needed that a little longer but in his perfect timing i could go all kinds of scriptures in his perfect timing he will come through the way that he will come through that's just his precious promises and we can stand on that we can stand on the fact that he will be faithful amen and the next thing is and this is a little bit longer story and i'll go ahead and read it out of this one i think you guys with me elisha traps the arameans When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God, Elisha. Time, and listen to this, time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on alert there. The king of Aram, I'll just say it this way, got ticked off that this kept happening. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? But it was Elisha. Elisha knew the plans of the enemy. Could you say that with me? That'll be important in a second. (laughs) Um, It's not us, my Lord. Don't kill us. No, it's not us, my Lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel. Even, um, let me read that word. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. In other words, Elisha didn't have some sort of inside scoop except that which the Lord himself would tell Elisha. So Elisha just knew. Amen. He said, well, go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the reporter came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots. Are you with me? This is a good story. Okay. Great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God, guess who the servant was? Most scholars believe it was the same guy, the one. Okay? Important. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And he said, It was borrowed! No, he didn't say that. That's going to be our new catchphrase when we're going through junk, right? It was borrowed! He said, Oh, sir! Talking to Elisha. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on, on theirs. Now, I don't know if you were paying attention to the story, but how many were there for Elisha and the one? Two. He said, don't worry about it, man. 
For there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed. Listen. Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And we know that was angelic. Amen. Isn't that good? A couple things I want to point out is, uh, here's the first thing, as it relates to protection. A lot of times we are in circumstances that are dire, that are uh, trials, tribulations, and Jesus said we would be. But remember what he said one time? I want to make this point real quick. Remember when he said, if they hated me, they will hate you. Right? Is the war that is going on in the heavenlies really against us? Is like Satan that concerned about us? Does he really hate us that much? I mean, he does. But who does he hate more? The Word. Jesus. Who were they coming after in this story? Elisha. Who's the enemy really coming at in our lives? Us. If you were at the banquet the other night, you know that Dallas talked about um, the power of our testimony. That in Revelation said we overcome by the word of, blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Listen, if he can tear down our testimony, then he is able to overcome us. If he is able to overcome us, it is like a jab to the Savior. You guys hear what I'm saying? And Jesus is like, it's all good. Don't worry about it. They're not coming for you. They're coming for me. In fact, Lord, let him open his eyes and let him see the real battle going on. The real battle is in the heavenlies. Ephesians 6, right? We battle not against flesh and blood. Amen? You don't have to worry about whether or not God is going to protect you. (laughs) He is going to protect you. I'm not saying that you won't go through trials and tribulation. Jesus said you will, in fact, go through trials and tribulation. But what he's saying is, don't worry, I'm going to be with you through them all. This is a type of that. Yeah, don't worry about it. We got them outnumbered. The one man was freaking out. But the man of God, who was a type of Christ, said, don't worry about it. And prayed for him. Lord, open his eyes that he would see. You guys remember one of the last things that Jesus did before he was crucified? He prayed for his disciples. It was actually a very lengthy prayer. You should go and read it. A very lengthy prayer about how um, for us and how we are to survive in this world through the stuff that we're going to be going through. And he prayed, Lord, keep them close. Lord, keep them strong. Lord, Fill them with faith. Lord. And he goes on. It's a long prayer. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's the same thing here. Again, everything that we've been talking about in faith and everything that we could talk about, because we could go 20 weeks on it, if you have any questions, doubts, concerns, and you know, there's some things that are so theologically rich that I can't even wrap my brain around, to be honest, as it relates to faith. I'm like, I don't, I don't get that. But what I do get is at the end of the day, I can hang it all on God's provision and God's protection. My God shall supply all my needs. 
Amen? And he will be with me through it all. So whether you're going through some of the toughest financial times that you've ever been through, or whether you're going through just some of the darkest, um, you guys remember a few, a few weeks ago, actually maybe it was one of the, it was the first, I don't remember when it was, sometime this year, <laughs> when we were talking about in the beginning the earth was formless and void. It was chaotic, chaotic and, and um, crazy. We talked about how our lives are that way sometimes, but yet he's able to speak his word and bring peace, order into the chaos. This applies to this too. I want you to stand with me. I want to have Sean and the team come back up. And I want you to say how, how, and what, maybe it's both of these or maybe it's one of these, but how can you respond to the Lord tonight? What, what way would he have you respond? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a statement of faith instead of saying, oh, it was borrowed. Or, oh, Lord, look at the enemy. What are we going to do? Maybe it's just rearranging according to faith, according to what we know Christ has promised. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Man, my hope is always that I would have everything I need. Well, you can stand on that. That's, that's, done, that's a done deal. My God shall supply all my needs. That's a done deal. You can, you can set that in stone. That is something that we can put our confidence in. Remember, we've been talking about how faith is confidence. And if you're going through some tough times, difficult times, you, you can even really discern and sense that it's, it's a blatant attack of the enemy. Remember that it's not really against you. <laughs> it's against your Savior. And if it's against him, surely he's going to protect himself. Amen? Right? So what I'm going to encourage you to do our, as the team begins just leading us in a time of, of worship and response, our uh, altar ministry people are going to come down and they'll be here just kind of on the front row. And if you have anything you just want to pray through, pray for, um, have someone pray for you, stand with you, I encourage you just to do that. If you're in a place where you need prayer in a provisional way in your life, let us pray for you. And it doesn't have to be us. You can turn to somebody that's next to you and say, man, he kind of hit the nail on the head in my life in the area of provision. Would you pray for me? Or protection. And for those of you who feel like I'm pretty good in both of those areas, I'm feeling pretty good with them, begin worshiping the Lord. And let's, let's prep this atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to do a ministry beyond what I could do. <laughs> Amen? All right. Bow our head. Lord, we thank you.